Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Western Oklahoma Sports Podcast. I'm Chuck Ramsey, the Law Dog, here with you, brought to you by 97.3 The Score and Wright Media, joined as regularly by John Matthews and Josh Jennings, and it is a full cast of characters today as we welcome a uh, new friend to the show. Actually, we've talked before, and he's really the only uh, journalist that ever gave me any pub for the infamous 4-2 to two basketball game, Glenn Brockenbush. <laughs> from Oklahoma Sports Network. And uh, Glenn, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. Man, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. It's, uh, it's a pretty cloudy uh, Thursday morning here in Lawton, Oklahoma. So, uh, But it's better than being 110 degrees. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what, guys, and I hate to play on the fly here, but we kind of have to... Uh, we kind of have to do something a little different because I told Sarah head coach Craig Hickson that we would uh, touch base with him and be ready to uh, to talk to him about their big matchup against Mangum this week. Coach Craig Hickson, Sarah Eagles, you're on the Western Oklahoma Sports Podcast. How are you, sir? Doing great. All right. So uh, Sarah is 1-0. and I guess would you consider Sayer zero and one against the weather in this in this season after the Walters <laughs> yeah, blackout against the weather? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, you're here with me, Chuck Ramsey, the Law Dog, Josh Jennings from uh, I think he's still at Scorebook Live or uh, or one of those one of those entities. You know these freelance journalists they really kind of run <laughs> all over. Uh, Glenn Brockenbush, who covers sports down in the Lawton area, and John Matthews, my partner, uh, Coach. I tell you, you probably wanted to get that game in last Friday for sure, especially if you make the trip all the way down there, but your boys were probably ready to get out and test their legs a little bit. Yeah. And it, and it really been a hard time because we had a week off before that. So now taking two weeks off is, is a real struggle. Um, you can kind of tell in practice, we're getting a little chippy with each other. We're ready to go hit somebody else. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's not a bad thing. If they're, if they've got that kind of energy for sure, you guys are a running attack and you get out there and, and I tell you, Aiden Hendershot, I know he, he probably could have ran for 600 yards in week one or week zero, if you'd wanted him to. Yeah, we, we kind of limited his uh, his carries just because we were trying to, you know, of course we trade film with other teams and, and uh, we knew if we had the, had the game in hand that we wanted to skew our stats a little bit so that people prepared for us a little bit different. So he, he only carried the ball four times for us. Yeah, and uh, made the best out of that. And then Devin Moser, I tell you, I saw some of the highlight clips of him. He's, he looks like he could be primed for a great season as well. He he's a little spark plug, I'm telling you. And he's got his little brother that's on the field with him this year uh, as a freshman. But they uh, both of them together. I mean, they just go get it. They 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 block well. They they play great defense. Devin was our leading tackler last year, and he's he's about five foot seven. So I mean, you know, big things in small packages. See, Josh Jennings, there's hope for short guys. You can absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I don't know really how tall you I'm are, Josh. I, I think you're like five ten. What do you tell your players? All this time off last season obviously didn't go anywhere. As uh, you know, is what <clears throat> plan on going at the beginning of the season. But uh, is it is it just a whole new team, a whole new mindset, a whole new? Uh, you know, to tell them we won this thing in the off season. Now we just got to go prove it. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's been, uh, you know, our season was awesome. I mean, we, we spent a lot of time in the weight room. Um, we went to team camps over the summer, uh, traveled all the way up to uh, Wichita, Kansas, 
um, just to get some camps in, to do some seven on seven. So we spent a lot of time just getting away and, and going and being a team, uh, going to do things like whitewater and movies and anything we could to, to be a team. And, and I feel like, uh, you know, it's, it's just, even though we pretty much have the same team back from last year, just added some freshmen. Um, it just, it has a new team feel to it. Yeah. And, and older helps, right? Sorry, John, go ahead. No, I said, and getting older helps. Yeah. You, you're yeah, very older, a little more experienced. Well, and uh, I know you're going to want to improve on the the one win from last season. And I tell you, Coach, I called your game against Mangum on the road last year, and I really thought there were times when you guys were just going to snag that game away from them. They come into uh, Sayertown to this week as a uh, highly ranked and, and highly favored team. Uh, what's your message to your players? Uh, you know, we just go out and play. I mean, same thing. Last year, was everything was kind of new to us. Uh, still at that time, we were still – kind of learning the offense and learning the defensive schemes and, and, uh, you know, learning me as a head coach, you know, what I expect from them. And, you know, I feel like having this whole year under our belt, they kind of have a different attitude, a different uh, change of pace. They, they understand it. I mean, they, there's times when the kids are actually coaching each other and understanding, you know, this is what we got to do against this defense or against this front or whatever, uh, but they, uh, it does have a different feel to it. Glenn Brockenbush, you're down there in the uh, Lawton area. Did you uh, did you know that a storm was going to go wipe out power in Walters last Friday? No, uh, partly because I was out of town uh, oh. this past weekend. Uh, but uh, yeah, the weather it's it's always a real bummer when the weather messes up our high school football. I was uh, I've been at multiple games over the past couple of years that yeah. have had uh, weather delays and and blackouts but yeah the the walters one really caught me off off guard yeah coach did you guys get down there and then find out that the game would be canceled or did you have a heads up <laughs> we we got down there we rode on a bus it was 100 plus degrees we were sweating <laughs> we get unloaded um and kids were just starting to get dressed in the locker room and this storm rolls in and i mean it looked like a hurricane hit oh, i mean wow. it was crazy rain they they had ten telephone poles snapped over. They had no power to the whole town. I mean, it just it just blew through real fast. It was crazy. Coach, final question before we let you go, unless John or Josh or Glenn have something. But I just wanted to ask you. You know, this is a, a tough task as task as I mentioned against a a, a highly ranked Mangum team. Uh, is this a good test to get you prepared for district play, uh, especially considering you go to Thomas next week? Absolutely. I mean, they are. You know, Mangum is a good team, highly ranked. Uh, I still, I'm still going to stand that stand by our district. District one is uh, just a little bit tougher than everybody else has to play against. So, if we get a good test here, uh, it, it's going to help us going into our district. All right. Anybody else got anything for Coach Hickson? Uh, Coach, good luck, and uh, we look forward to, to seeing you guys uh, showing the improvement this season. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, Max Patton will be on the call on that one on uh, Sarah Eagles TV at Right Dot Media, and uh, he does a great job. Him and Dakota Gloria. I tell you, Coach, last year I, I thought Dakota was going to come down there and, and take on some Mangum people uh, in that game <laughs> that I called. He he bleeds uh, Sayer maroon through and through. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, he's he's a good one to have. All right, Coach. Thanks so much for your time. Take care and good luck tomorrow night. All right, appreciate it. Thank you. Go Eagles! Go Eagles, yeah. (laughs) Sarah Eagles, head coach on there uh, with us. So I tell you guys, uh, like I said, I called that game last year. Uh, The folks at Mangum were very nice. They just didn't have anything in the way of press box. (laughs) 
So we called oh. it we called it outside in about a thirty mile an hour wind with uh, on a veranda of the press box. And so not only were we outside, but we had everybody who had to climb the ladder to get in the press box going back and forth behind us. So it was uh, it was they they were they were very nice people, very nice folks, but uh, just not not the most conducive uh, arena, so and, to speak. And Chuck, that's why I asked ahead of time for. Uh, contact info for this weekend's game at Weatherford to make sure that we at OSN calling in for Elgin don't have to go through that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> whoa, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. you brought a traitor into the mix. Hold on. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> hold on a second. <laughs> what? I didn't know that. I thought he was an I've, OSN I've been... boy. Life is good. No, he's, he's, been, he's Elgin Al's this week. Out. I've been found out. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, yeah, I'm originally from Texas, but I, yeah, I've been working in Lawton for about six or seven years. And yeah, I got a chance to do OSN this year. Uh, I've gotten to know the Elgin coaching staff real well over the past couple of years. And, uh, so I have one game under my belt. Like I said, was out of town this past weekend for a wedding. And so I, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, I think it'll be, I think it should be by far. And I don't know how much this is saying. It should be by far Elgin's closest game so far this season. But again, They've uh, just beat the brakes off of Anadarko yeah. and Cash so far. Yeah, yeah, seventy-five zero for Anadarko, fifty-five six for Cash. <laughs> like, is that? That's my biggest question. You see that? You're like, oh no. Yeah, uh, Weatherford is not firing in all cinder- cylinders right now. No, you want Weatherford's good, but that's why you play this non-district and you've got to get your stuff worked out. Uh, but you see a team that is firing on all cylinders, it makes you a little nervous. Yeah. Hey, real quick, guys, before we jump into that completely, just real shout out to uh, Aiden Hendershot, the senior running back for uh, Sayre. Last year against Mangum, he carried the ball over 25 times, I believe, and 319 yards on the ground. And that was just basically nice. uh, belly belly plays, you know, going through there. So uh, that'll be an interesting one. And we want to thank Coach Hickson for stopping by and visiting us. But uh, Glenn, back to you. Where are you from in Texas? So I'm originally from Arlington. Okay. Uh, you know, Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Cowboys helped me uh, help me in my uh, fantasy game Friday. Fantasy their, their defense. <laughs> I had the Cowboys defense. That that was a good amount of there points. There. A, um, well, let's talk about. Good. Yeah, real quick, Glenn, and uh, we you know we want to get. I know your time's valuable. You have a lot of prep time as well. But uh, this this Elgin Owls team, they are ranked in the top five of class five a that I saw and watching them on film. They have a ton of speed and really just a ton of skill. Tress Laura, the quarterback, he's, he's a younger player still, but he, he seems to know exactly where to go with the football. And like you said, um, don't know what kind of resistance Anna Darko and cash were going to give him anyway, but still to watch the film, they were like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, I think that's been the biggest thing uh, for head coach Chalmer Wyatt this year is they've been a really run heavy team over the past couple of years trying to get Trace Laura's feet wet. Uh, he, you mentioned the football IQ. Uh, he's a coach's son. Curtis Laura was a coach there at, at Elgin for a while. Uh, he just knows the game in and out. And, you know, when you've got a kid that's a really good athlete, three sport athlete, um, you know, they, we we're just kind of waiting for the skill level to catch up. Uh, you know, the growth to catch up to kind of sort of smarts. And it feels like it has so far. Um, he was, it's not that they didn't ask him to do a whole lot, but he, you know, when you're beating a team, what, 48, 49, nothing oh, yeah. after it a quarter or whatever it was. At the half. Uh, 
he, you know, against uh, against San Darko, I think he threw the ball six times, completed five, all five were touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's just kind of uh, that's efficiency, uh, and you know, they're like you said, speed, skill. Uh, I again, I think my only real concern would be. Uh, have they truly been tested? And uh, Trace Laura talked about that this week is, and you see this at the eight man level a lot is when you haven't played a full game and your starters haven't played a full game, what's that conditioning like? And I know that uh, Weatherford is a really tough place to play and you're going up against one of the best linebackers in the state. And uh, I, I really think this is by far going to be their toughest test. I know it was a bit of a blowout last year. I expect Weatherford to, uh, I, I know they, you guys said, you know, haven't been firing in all cylinders. I think they're going to give Elgin a much closer game uh, than, than most people expect. Yeah, yeah. I think Sarah, uh, you kind of mentioned earlier, but just getting a year older. I know Weatherford's plays played a lot of sophomores last year. And I think just your sophomore to junior year, just a year in the weight room makes a huge difference. But yeah, I'm trying to play the game of, okay, Elgin plays El Reno. Last year they played El Reno and they whipped him. They also whipped Weatherford last year. But Weatherford took El Reno to the final play of the game, or at least the final drive of the game last week uh, and, and won a close one. I think going on the road, I, I feel like that that had to create a little bit of confidence, right, Chuck? I mean, you had to see that after the week before yeah. when it just seemed like the wheels fell off. <clears throat> yeah, and Josh, I'll get to you here in just a second, but I, I think sure. after I talked to Coach Roof, he realizes that El Reno and 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 Elgin are two different styles. El Reno is just a, a ground and pound, and, and they've got a breakaway running back. He burned us for a 99-yard uh, run. He uh, Malachi Nicholson has a lot of wheels. But then they also did other things, you know, some misdirection and things like that. The thing with Elgin is is it looks like they really are can can do both, like Glenn said, at a high efficiency rate, they're going to, they're going to run the ball. And then when, when they see their opportunities, they're going to b try to burn you with the pass. So it'll be interesting. I know, like, like we said, um, I promise you the Elgin defensive and offensive lines have not faced anything close to what they will see tomorrow night. Josh, what do you say about that? Yeah, um, I agree. You know, what's interesting about, uh, you know, the Weatherford-Elgin matchup is the wide receivers and the secondary because, you know, C.J. Nixon, obviously, he's a dog. He's really good. Um, but, you know, they have other guys, too, you know, like, oh, yeah. um, you know, Nick Jett, who, like, if you try to stop C.J., you know, he opens up the field for other guys to make plays, too. But um, I'm curious to see, you know, how that uh, Elgin secondary matches up against uh, C.J. and Nick and, you know, if, you know, they kind of yeah. stop Weatherford from throwing the ball and make them run the football more. Well, and Glenn, the Elgin secondary, as I look at them on paper, they're not exactly, I mean, they've got some size, but they've also got some, some, some smaller guys, but you know, I mean, it's all about being in position and being ready to make a play. Uh, but I tell you one thing is it's hard to tell if their pass rush is really as good as it, as it looked against Anadarko and against cash. Yeah, that's that's fair to say. Uh, all everything you said is is pretty true. Uh, you know, the the back end isn't going to be exceptionally big, but they play tough. Uh, Brody Morrison's just a sophomore, but he's an exceptional athlete. Uh, and their corners look really good. When again, Anadarko, their passing game was kind of uh, iffy to begin with because I think their starting quarterback changed schools before the season started, so they kind of had to work with that on the fly, but. I mean, the, their corners played really well. What the the pass rush is going to be really interesting. Um, you talk. I mean, if you're looking for evidence that the pass rush isn't just smoke and mirrors, I, I would look back at last year's, uh, the end of last year's season. Uh, Jack Angeli, 
Uh, I believe he wears number zero now. He, you know, I think he had a couple of sacks against Lot MacArthur, a sack against uh, Midwest City, and those were probably the two best teams they faced last year yeah. outside of Guthrie. So yeah. they're uh, it's a it's a quick defense, maybe not huge, but they got some talent. Uh, in talking about to Josh's point about covering the big receivers and tight ends. Uh, Colin Donnelly, their inside linebacker, had two picks against Anna Darko, and he's really kind of he's six uh, one. He's he's a bigger he's he's kind of a lankier guy and looks more like a basketball player out there. But he's he's really lanky. Really has good recognition skills about playing the ball. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and I tell you, they are highly ranked this year, and a lot of people give an Elgin a lot of respect. And I know Weatherford is aware. They they realize you know how things played out last year, and then also you know what they've seen on tape. And regardless of opponent, they they are a very efficient offense and a very uh, aggressive and and just a swarming defense. But I tell you, John, the last two weeks and the two wins for Weatherford when they've needed to kind of do what they needed to do, it's been stone Chisholm, uh, the starting quarterback, junior stone Chisholm. He, he can, he can take that offense and kind of, kind of make it work and, and move the ball down the field. Like he did in that, uh, drive on Saturday on last Friday against El Reno. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, I'm, I'm still stuck on the, the whole thing that Elgin's dealing with NIL issues, just like heritage hall. Uh, <laughs> transfer. Wow. I didn't know. Sorry. I was, I'm trying to get past that. Uh, I get it. No, I thought it's, he hey, said- it's, it's it's the new high school football, right? Well, no, that, yeah, I wasn't going to go ahead, Glenn. Yeah. I was going to say, it was here in a Darko's quarterback, actually. Oh, that yeah, but, but, but Darko was dealing with, you're right, yeah, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that is funny. Right? But since John brought it up, I mean, how many Elgin players live in Elgin proper? That's my question. Well, <laughs> that I can't provide to you. I do know that Brody Morrison, uh, I think, moved from Chattanooga, but part of that was Chattanooga didn't have football. And so I uh, was looking for a place uh, and they're not very far from each other. Um, sure. But yeah, I, I have, I have joked with Chalmer Wyatt. I'm like, you know, cause that's the exceptional thing about Elgin. This is a team that in 2020 was winless. And yeah. then I was yeah. like, man, what are you feeding those boys up on the Northeast side of Comanche County? Cause <laughs> I want some, uh, I, I don't look like that now, let alone when I was 16. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, they, they got some dogs out there. Well, and I, I tell you, it's, it's one of those situations where we see it in around a metro area and it's weird to consider a lot in a metro area, but, uh, there do, there are bedroom communities that grow exponentially. I mean, if you go to cash, sure. if you go to cash proper, you wouldn't think they were a four a school. Uh, Elgin's had a boom in their, in their school enrollment and things like that. So that's just what happens, but at least, you know, at least they're not like Tuttle and Newcastle staying in four a and not bumping up to five a. <laughs> So anyway, Glenn, uh, yeah. before we cut you out of here, uh, you'll be on the call for OSN and you'll be on the opposite side of the uh, press box. So don't come over into my yeah. turf. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, we'll look forward to getting with you. And Hey, like I said, once again, uh, you were the one journalist that reached out to me about the, uh, infamous four to two Anadarko Weatherford game. And, uh, you know, I'm still waiting on the checks to come in, but we'll, you know, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I give credit to Josh for uh, hooking us up, uh, you know, giving us uh, that yeah. connect. And then, uh, and then, what was hilarious to me was I think it was for those who follow on Twitter. I think it was uh, Sicko's committee uh, tweeted out about our story. I was like, "Holy cow!" Yeah, yeah. Sicko's mentioned yeah, our exactly. story. 
So um, I thought it was hilarious, but yeah, uh, hopefully we don't see a four to two football game this uh, this Friday night. Yeah, um, for sure. That would be weird. Uh, uh, three safeties, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Uh, where can people follow you, Glenn? Uh, well, uh, I, I don't tweet a whole lot anymore, uh, for my mental health purpose. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I, I always said, once I got on a sports card, I'm getting off Twitter. Um, but yeah. I'm at Glenn Brockenbush on Twitter, but Oklahoma sports network, we have, uh, apps on, uh, iPhone, Android, Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV. Uh, you can also just, uh, go to our YouTube page, which is Oklahoma sports network. And then a Facebook page as well. Uh, but yeah, we'll be, uh, we have teams in the Middale area as well as Newcastle, the Lawton area. Uh, so yeah, uh, just find the Elgin channel and we will be, we'll be live uh, with pregame 30 minutes before kickoff. Well, you're good with us until you cross 281 and then we're going to have trouble. So <laughs> don't, don't, don't be poaching That's those fair. schools. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Glenn, take care of yourself. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Hey, thanks a lot, Doug. All right. You got, Glenn, you Glenn Brock about the press box or no? I mean, do still... I'm still here. What's the deal? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You're good. You're good. You're good. Just, you know, I, I've been there's last time there, there's certain spots you can't step in the Weatherford press I, box. I was going to oh. say, look for warped wood. That, there's that warped wood be. and holes oh, okay. on the floor, and you will fall to the all the way to the bottom. Yeah. So just, you know. <sighs> well, thank you. Yeah. yeah I, I, I honestly. I honestly thought John was going to withhold that information just for his like funny no. prank or something like that. No, no, it's no, not funny when people fall in four stories. To you. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, Glenn. Appreciate it, guys. Later, All right. Glenn. So Josh, uh, you know, former coworker of yours at SB uh, Live, and uh, you know, Glenn uh, has been really great about reaching out to me, and probably a lot of thanks to you for that. But uh, oh, it's yeah. interesting to get the uh, the Elgin side of that story, John, because uh, you know it's it's a situation where it, they're five A, it's non district, and if they do come out and click on all cylinders, you know, we've got a district game coming up the next week you know what we know these non-district games don't matter no they don't matter but elgin's the test right that's yeah. the one you're you're looking for the one that uh they did you know slack you a little bit last year and, mm-hmm. and you got a lot of the same returning players and and a chance to just kind of i don't know if you call it a revenge game again coach Rip will say it's non-district doesn't mean anything yeah but it's, it does it's the, i think it's the perfect test going into oh, going yeah. into district yeah josh if they go out and they're competitive and they don't let it slip away win or lose i think you have to come away feeling pretty good yeah, I uh, definitely agree. Um, you know, Elgin is a good football team. Chalmore Wyatt hasn't coached up, like I said before. Um, but, you know, another point I want to make is I think I could argue Weatherford played one of the toughest non-district schedules in the state. Oh, yeah. I think that'll prepare them for a uh, district race. You know, four tough district, four, uh, tough district game, or non-district games back-to-back-to-back-to-back, and then and then uh, district play. I think the Eagles will be prepared for uh, to make a run of the district title. Well, and I think you're right. And, you know, right now in the uh, rankings, it is uh, Weatherford at number seven and Clinton number eight. For some reason, Elk City fell out, even though uh, their loss, their two and one, their loss was to the top ranked team in class three, a Texas division two. Uh, but, you know, those rankings, that's the, that was the associated press rankings. Yeah. Uh, but, and they, and thank God the associated press finally got the actual story on their <laughs> stupid link. 
I mean, John, I would go to the AP website, search Oklahoma prep football poll. There would be a link to a story, and then there would be no story. Nothing, nothing. There was nothing. And it's like, I finally, I think about the third week of me tagging them on Twitter, uh, somebody got the memo and got it squared away. So you're welcome, Oklahoma. I, thank you, Chuck. We appreciate you being a big keyboard warrior. And I like that when they're doing the <laughs> polls, they, they, take into, uh, they take into account of Clinton's uh, private school run there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that was, I'm telling you, we'll get into that here in just a second. But last thing on Weatherford is I think this team has grit. I think they have fight. And I think when it boils down to it, if it's a situation where they've got to go get a drive going, I like, I like the way this team has progressed, uh, since week zero in the fact that if we got to get yardage, we'll, we'll know how to get it. And one, one way of that is stone Chisholm's legs. And he, he's got a nose for the first down marker. And he just basically took over the game in that, in that game against El Reno, which really guys, other than a pick six and a 99 yard touchdown run, that game's not even that close. Right now, you, you got to yep. you got to correct those, but still, you you clean that up. Don't 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 give them a turnover uh, for a touchdown in the first half, and then uh, contain that running back a little more. You know, at least cut it down from a from. You know, they scored other touchdowns, but still, Weatherford. Uh, I know Coach Roof and and the rest of the staff were looking at it, saying uh, there's a lot of stuff that we can correct. Hey, asking for a friend here. Uh, yeah. I know John Marshall's the final game of the season, so I get that. That's why it can't be that game. Mm-hmm. What are we doing playing Elgin for homecoming? Um, uh, what yeah. was, uh, who was Elgin for homecoming? Did we last year score? Uh, uh, I mean, is, is uh, Woodward not free? Uh, well, and, and you know, no, they, go they go to Woodward. They go to Cash. Um, they host Chickasha. I guess Chickasha could have been the game. What are we doing but... with Chickasha? Mm-hmm. Chickasha, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're supposed to do? Yeah, because I mean, you got to admit, I, I know that I make jokes. You're supposed to schedule your team, your e- easier teams for homecoming, right? That's supposed to do, but uh, it is it is somewhat of a distraction. I'm not saying the players can't play through it. I'm not saying it doesn't, but there is the pregame ceremony. There is your warmups have a little longer break in between them. Uh, you got either I don't know who's on homecoming court, but usually several or a couple of your players that are. I don't think there's any football players on the on the court. All right, hey, good job, Weatherford. Yeah, I, I don't. I, that, what I saw in uh, smart. in a That's story smart. was was I didn't I didn't see a football player. Nate Rareman, I saw him. He's a basketballer. Basketball. All right, yeah. hey, that's smart. That way we don't have to worry. All right, never mind then. I, 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 I think I I could be wrong. I always reserve the right to be wrong, but I get what you're saying. But I I think, and this is just my take, and just some of the scuttlebutt I've heard from some of the parents is homecoming doesn't really have quite the meaning that it did back when when you and i well i'm a lot older than you but yeah i was just saying you know. they were riding horse and buggies your homecoming shut up well i tell you <laughs> i tell you what they did in the 80s is back then uh it was always a couple you know a, a boyfriend girlfriend got nominated and voted in oh. so when they uh when they when he gave her the crown or whatever at the mid midfield it was it was like a porno kiss i mean it's just did y'all do the oh yeah it was terrible i mean it's like like, that's somebody's daughter the, the out mums, there you're throating did y'all do the mums and garters oh yeah there was tons of, there was convertible corvettes out on the field and and you know the ladies would ride the that. mums that big thing that they yeah, wear the big. girls oh, yeah okay. yeah all the flowers all the all the pomp and circumstance <laughs> and then a big old dirty french kiss at the at the end of the oh, ceremony yeah. just uh really really glad we've gotten away from that yeah. well there you go anyways homecoming friday night yeah so uh and, and i don't even know what the th- if have they been doing theme days 
Yes. Oh, yeah. We've had to wear. We had to, at least. I've got three different kids doing three different things, which I wish. That you don't have a high schooler, before. though. That's my question. Is the high school? Well, no, but I know. But I know the middle school's doing theme days. I know the elementary's doing theme days, yeah. and I know the elementary elementary's doing th- theme days. Yeah. So I know we've done the crazy hats. We're doing all Eagle Day Friday. We're doing uh, Decades Day with one day. Uh, the other day was backwards socks or crazy sock day. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, that's good. I'm glad they're, I'm glad some traditions still hold even from my cart and buggy days. Uh, but guys, Weatherford will have a tough test. We'll be on that. And obviously we'll, uh, we'll go back and forth with Glenn Brockenbush when he comes to Weatherford, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, steer him away from, from any sort of issues in the press box. Uh, (laughs) but guys, there was an amazing game last week, a 50 to 43 shootout at the tornado bowl. And I'm telling you, and, and I know coaches watch film well in advance. They may say they don't, that they're focused only on the game that week, but you, you can't tell me that there's not a lot of Western Oklahoma coaches that realize the, the running attack that Clinton has. Josh? Yeah, um, that the, what a football game. Um, I mean, two really good teams, um, and you know, I thought Clinton had a lot of fight in them. Uh, you know, even though they lost by a touchdown, I thought that um, you know Clinton definitely had their chances, and they led in the third quarter. And Coach Higby, after the game, was telling his players, he was like, "I'm just you know happy that we came back and competed." And he was like, "I thought we may have lost ourselves and kind of quit like we did against Bishop McGinnis, but." He's like, you know, we get down early and we fight and come back. And he said, um, don't like that we lost, but I'm happy that, you know, we uh, came back and showed some fight and grit. Yeah, I messed up there. I I was out of town. I was down in the Dallas area. So again, I'm back onto the right media network trying to watch things and, and quickly. And I, I saw, was it 21-0? Is that, am I making that up? 28, was, 28-7. Uh, yeah, 27 yeah, was, maybe that's yeah. both teams both teams scored early. first drive yep. and then uh turnovers really bit bit the red tornadoes in the first half and each time they they, t- they had three turnovers and right. so but they were down 28 yeah. 7 and before half they come back and tie it up oh see that's i, I saw 28 7 at some point i remember it was a 21 point game and no, it, it well, was tied okay. it was tied they all had three up. touchdowns after uh mcginnis took that or mcginnis um now they're all interchangeable uh heritage hall took that lead but i'm telling you boys zayden collins my gosh yes. that guy i will say 273 yards rushing four touchdowns good gracious he won yeah i, I mean think- potentially I was going to say, I, I definitely think Zayden Collins is a different make, difference maker. Like, you know, when he's on the football field, Clinton is a way better football team. And I think we saw that against uh, Kingfisher and Heritage Hall. You know, when he wasn't on the field against Bishop McGinnis, they really couldn't do anything offensively. Yeah. But, you know, now, I I don't have the stats in front of me, but I remember he ran for a long touchdown and ran over two guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice and spin juke move and found the end zone. So. Yeah. And that's what, that's what Coach Higby says is he knows yep. that this is a running back that – isn't just fast, isn't just big. He combines speed and power and just just mauls over people if they get in his way. But uh, keeping him healthy, he like uh, he wasn't in the McGinnis game, and so it it did kind of show. Now, like Coach Higby, like Josh said, Coach Higby said, uh, you know they they had to they had to find out if they wanted to play or not after that game, according to him. Uh, and kudos to Marty Wandry, our uh, sideline reporter on Red Tornado TV. He he, he gets he gets some great quotes from John Higby uh, after the game. But uh, no, but Zayden Collins, and and then also you know here's the thing: Clinton will go as far as they can make holes for Zayden Collins, and probably Coach Richard over at Clinton not real happy with the fact that Andy Bass threw for five touchdowns. I mean, that's that Clinton prides themselves on defense and running game. They've got one of those two there. 
Yeah, I mean, Collinswood's average. He over hit over two hundred yards against Kingfish, right? I mean, I know both. Oh yeah, one hundred seventy some or something. Yeah, he he's a game breaker. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. He's averaging. It's it's crazy, but I I think that sometimes you're going to get aerated again. But that's just sometimes it's a that's a talent. You're not going to face that every week. You know, no. like there's not going to be a quarterback that's capable of doing that. Like like Heritage Hall. Like that's yeah. where I think. I, I not that their defense played good. Obviously, you don't. You gave up fifty points, but I. I personally feel like it's you're going to try to be better than that. Oh, sure. But I don't think it's as bad as it seems. If that makes no. sense. Not everybody's going to pick you apart like that. Well, and, you know, the thing about it, it seemed like in the game plan, Heritage Hall knew where they were going to attack, and it was going to be the the Clinton secondary. Uh, you know, they did run the ball some, but Andy Bass obviously being an OU commit, we we said he would have to keep that clock count in his in the back of his head, you know, going bumpy, bumpy, bumpy. bumpy, bumpy. But he, he was able to he was able to navigate it, get him the win at a tough place to play. Uh they're number one in class three A, you know, probably the number one team in class three A would be a very competitive four A team, obviously. <laughs> Uh, and you know, cause to me, the gap isn't quite there, which, you know, kind of scares me about, I know Anadarko struggling cause apparently, you know, John's accusing them of NIL, but it does quarterback or not. It kind of, it kind of scares me because usually Anadarko, uh, would not get blown out that bad against, against even a five, a team. Yeah, no, I think, no, I'm not accusing. They got robbed by somebody else's NIL. Yeah, what happened? It, I think it, yeah, yeah, so I think it's right up the road fault. actually. So that's that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. uh, that's where we're going now. In fact, there'll so. be a there'll be a story on sports tomorrow with I I think the guy uh, the guy that we're talking about with some with some transfers coming in to to help their program that they've been waiting on the 15 day uh, you know uh, period to to get some players going. Uh, but no, back on Clinton guys, uh, I think. Probably a number eight ranking is a good place for Clinton. I don't know why Elk City wasn't in the top ten. They, to me, they haven't done anything really to fall out. Uh, but you know, Clinton, if you if you look at the season three games in, guys, and Josh, I'm going to pitch this to you. I've sure. seen definite progression with Weatherford. I've seen Clinton kind of staying on the same track, and Elk City is to me a bit unknown. Is that fair to say? Yeah, um, I will say, yeah, I, I think that's pretty fair. Um, you know, we're going to find out a lot about Elk City tomorrow night. Is welcome uh, yeah, Carl, Carl Albert to town. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a tough game. Uh, I think Weatherford has gotten better, you know, especially after the Newcastle game. Uh, we'll find out a lot more about them tomorrow night, too. Um, I think Clinton has pretty much stayed consistent, you know, because Kingfisher is a pretty good team, and then I don't think they'll play a team who's as good as Bishop McGinnis or Heritage Hall, maybe until like a long playoff run if they make it that far. Um, but I think, you know, I just want to see, you know, like I said, I, I think we talked about this on a couple other podcasts. You know, I think that it's going to be a three man race between Elk City, Weatherford, and Clinton. And, you know, unless some of those teams stumble to some of the teams who aren't as good as them in the district, uh, I think we won't really know who's better until they go out and play each other. Yeah, I'm with you, but you see the district play. Of course, you got a week off next week for Clinton, uh, but then they go, bam, John Marshall, bam, Elk City, bam, Weatherford. Yeah, they're, they're off. They're off there. tomorrow. They're off tomorrow night, and then they'll right. jump in a district. And then uh, I guess Elk City and Weatherford did that. You know, get a get a vibe right before districts uh, deal because. Best I can tell is Weatherford plays all the way through to October. Weatherford 27th. plays all the way through, and so does Elk. I think Clinton's yeah. the only one with the bye, yeah. to, my, to my knowledge. And, and honestly, guys, I kind of, I mean, as a play-by-play, I wouldn't mind <laughs> by mid-season, but I guess I'll, yeah. uh, I guess I'll have a little break there before playoffs. But um, no, I, you know, and here's the thing: you cannot accuse any of these Western Oklahoma teams from uh, scheduling Patsies. I mean, they, 
Yeah. You know, you're talking three teams out here along the I-40 corridor that have scheduled the top team in Class 3A Division II Texas, a top five team in Class 5A, top team in 3A, and then also Carl Albert's, I guess, the top team in 5A. So a lot of big-time players. And then El Reno, I think, could probably make some noise and make the playoffs in that yeah. 5A district. Let's say, I, I think El, El Reno's a lot better than their record shows. I mean, I think they've uh, made a few coaching mistakes and uh, – both games, I don't know if they would have beat Weatherford, but um, I think they should have oh, beat Pete Bond. Oh, Josh is calling out Reno's coaches. He just did. I'm yeah. sitting in Reno yeah. right now. I'm, I'm, it's okay. Hopefully, it's hopefully Josh yeah. Don't don't tell Sydney about that, John. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Sydney's a big boy. I told you, Sydney's a big he's old a boy. New, he's a new eighth grade coach. He might come. Uh, oh, you know, Josh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know if you want that smoke, brother. No, Probably not. Coach, so El Reno's only as good as their coaches let them be. That's what we're getting. That's the headline. Yep. Well, I'll say this, and to, <laughs> to jump to Josh's defense, I thought that their quarterback threw a pretty nice long ball. He had big athletic receivers, and a couple of times they came pretty dang close to burning uh, Weatherford's secondary. I probably, I think I said it in the broadcast. I probably would have uh, probably would have chunked it a couple more times just to just to see if you could catch him sleeping. They had a kid that was six six, and and he was he he almost caught a pass. Uh, I think that either if he had he caught it, he would have been gone for probably the game-winning touchdown. No, we joke all the time. If you have a quarterback <laughs> and a receiver that are able to connect to each other, they're going to be normally more talented than the DBs. Yeah. Just because passing is so hard, especially at that age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that when you are able to spread it out and do it and it works, I don't know why you'd ever go away from it. Yeah. Well, and El Reno uh, also took Piedmont to task. It was it was 14-6 to six was the final, but they, they were up 6 nothing. had some penalties yep. and some things called back, and Piedmont's ranked fourth in the AP poll. So 5A and 4A, a bit interchangeable. It's surprising to see McGinnis at number nine. But like I said, Wagner is number one in class 4A, Tuttle number two, and Blanchard number four. Newcastle moves up to number five. Weatherford and Clinton down there at seven and eight. And uh, Elk City, uh, let me see if they should. Oh, they got they got some votes. So technically they would be 11th, I guess. So uh, I'd be surprised why they fell that far, but you know it's it's the AP poll, we'll, and that's the great thing about football in Oklahoma. It gets played out, you know, to see who's who. No doubt. Absolutely. All right, so uh, guys, uh, on Class A level last week, uh, Thomas fell at Cashin. Just can't seem to get over that Cashin hump, even in a season where uh, Cashin is is down a bit. But they fought hard. They lost at thirty eight to thirty. Uh, they were they got a last second score uh, to get that on there. But I think the connection between Ty Littlebird and Zach Clancy is really a situation where they are able to they're able to make big plays, which Answer me this, and I'll start with you, John, and then we'll go to Josh. What hurts you more, a long grinding drive? If you're a defense, what what stings more, a long grinding drive that you just can't stop or a big long bomb pass play? Oh, I would say from a mental standpoint, it's the long grinding drive. But I think from a physical standpoint, it's the big pass play purely because uh, your offense, which probably just came off the field, is huffing mm-hmm. and puffing, and now they're right back on the field again. Uh, you could argue so is the defense, but yeah, you know, but there's something to be said for some changes you're trying to make, something you're trying to do on that sideline, trying to to adjust in the middle of the game uh, when you don't have time to make any of that. You're right back on the field. You're going to make the same mistakes and the same things you were just doing. Uh, but there is a middle factor, like I said, to the long pounding drive that just like we can't stop them. We're doing everything. Yeah, they're just blowing us off the ball three yards every play, three yards. We're getting our defensive lines getting pushed back, and then so uh, then you just start to lose your your fight, if you will, Josh. 
Uh, I agree with the, you know, what uh, John said, you know, if um, like, you know, you're just getting blown off the ball and getting gashed three to four yards every play and moving the chain. So that can be tough on your defense, but I mean, you know, if you give up a, a long play, um, you know, the defense isn't on the field for as long, but that really does hurt your offense. Um, but I would say, you know, I think that uh, the, the long, I think the long, uh, I think the uh, long drives hurt your defense a little bit more than the, short plays because usually like the, the long plays are just like a bust or, you know, something that, you know, you can fix pretty quickly. Like maybe yeah. the corner gets burned or the safety doesn't come and help or a linebacker busts. But, you know, like you're giving up three to four yards of play. Um, it's kind of tough to pinpoint just one area um, as, you know, lots of things yeah. on your defense might not be working if they do those long pounding drives. Yeah. The only team I've ever seen that really couldn't compound on, uh, you know, having a really kind of superior running game was last year's OU Sooners. Uh but <laughs> anyways. Uh but yep. no guys, I tell you I'm with you the 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 long, but I tell you as as a play by play, the big long the big long pass plays are are just way more fun. <laughs> so oh, yeah, you know sure. and uh Thanks. so I'm only thinking about myself. Hey uh right. real quick another game uh Watonga looking for their first win of the season as a very tough Texoma team comes to town. Uh that'll be on Right Media, Watonga Eagles TV and uh, some coaching changes and things there uh going on then uh Carnegie is hosting Hinton. Hinton's 3 and 0. Coach Grant Potter's got that team playing really well. And then, yeah, the Comets and uh they're they're right in our backyard. So uh we we I try to give them some love every chance I get, but uh other than that, I'm not seeing a you know, Thomas and Clinton are on buys this week. Uh, Thomas opens up district play next week at home against Sayer. Uh, Clinton, like we said, will, uh, who, who do they have next week? I forget. Clinton, uh, John they host John, yeah, John Marshall. John Marshall. So, and, and I tell you, coach Higby every season says John Marshall isn't a team to sleep on. And one of these years, he's going to be right. So here's my <laughs> question. Do you, do you have any thought that like they've got two weeks here, right? A bye week. Uh, and then, you know, next week, John Marshall. Yeah. Do you think they pull up? Elk City Weatherford's playbook at all in the scout team? Oh yeah, uh, coaches will deny it. I I promise you, if if they're not running some scout plays, I get a week, yeah. a free week there, right? You're not mm-hmm. playing anybody. Might as well look a little bit ahead. I mean, I think Saban's a coach that always kind of threw out there that yeah, you know, if we got Middle Tennessee State coming up, we're gonna we're gonna spend a little time preparing for Auburn or whatever. Oh, Hinton plays Carnegie. Yeah, you told me. Yeah, Hinton is at Carnegie. Say, Go ahead, Josh. I was say like you know, coaches, um, you know, will say like you know they don't look ahead and they're focused on the first game, which they definitely are focused on winning that game for the week. That's their main focus. But also like, you know, I've, you know, been in some coaches offices and like their assistant coaches are looking at the film for games, like three or four weeks down the road, oh, not, yeah. not into depth. They're just kind of looking at stuff, yeah. but uh, now like as, far said, as, which, as far as out running, as far as out running plays. Which, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I said, I, I've noticed that at several schools that I've covered over the years, just in the locker room or, yeah. In the film room. As far as out running plays and scout teams, I, you know, I wouldn't be privy to any of that, but uh, it seems to me, John, like a lot of these teams just kind of want to focus complete and especially in the non-district, just focus completely on what they do, you know? Oh well, yeah. And you're yeah. going to focus on what you do and then you're going to focus on not getting injured. I mean, that's yeah. probably the number one thing. Oh, exactly. I was uh, looking at Carnegie just cause that's who you said hidden. Yeah. No. Um, uh, Weatherford's uh, JV. JV team. Yeah. Beat, beat, okay. Well, I mean, JV did beat Carnegie. I talked to Coach Watson. He's had some. He's had some injuries, and then they. Okay. They've had some. They've got some players that he said I think should come about this week, or they're they were still waiting on their fifteen day, uh, you know, 
transfer period or whatever. So uh, Carnegie, Coach Byron Cole down there at Carnegie, him and Skylar Watson playing the playing the portal a little bit down in Caddo County. <laughs> well, I think that's yeah. what's struggling right now. We talk about Weatherford, Clinton, Elk City being like, yeah, number seven, number eight, number. It's almost like the exact opposite right now in Class A. Like it's just it seems to be a struggle bus. Like my question for you would be, who finishes with the better record? Right, Thomas, Watonga, Sayre, Cordell. Uh, obviously, Hinton's in there, and they're three and zero right now. And I yeah. feel like they're hopefully, you know, they've got you know, a tough district. I mean, yeah, three Class A three is a tough district. It's Crescent's going to be good this year. Uh, it's Fairview in District One in Class A. It's Fairview and Hooker, and then everybody else just kind of yeah. figures it out. Yeah, that I mean, that's you know, I don't want, I, I wouldn't say that to Coach Ward's face. I mean, you know, but I mean we're we're speaking truth here and you know and so i mean fairview and and hooker are just on a different level right now they're on the they're on the old thomas level is what yeah. they're at uh like i said thomas got a win against watonga we've kind of seen what watonga's dealing with uh on a on a uh, performance and player per, you know uh stand but i i'm pretty interested in this mangum game if sayer goes out and gives mangum a game or wins it uh, they could end up being a third or fourth team uh, in that class A district one, uh, you know, and then in district two Carnegie, they, you know, I know that if they, if, if they get the player, they've got the Anadarko quarterback, if they get some of the other players in there that they're waiting on, they could probably make a run to the playoffs in that class A di- district two. Uh, the only thing I, you know, what I find is generally I'm following in class A district two is just to see how bad Cordell got beat. Cause they are just really, you talk about struggle bus. That is, that is the one program that I've, uh, my heart, my heart just breaks for them. Cause they just, they can't, I mean, Merritt hung 70 on them last week. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's a bad situation, but I'll be interested yeah. in this Mangum uh, Sayer game, but then real quick guys. And we touch on this eight man football, Josh, uh, ceiling wildcats. I talked to coach uh, Gary Manuel earlier in the week. They had a big win at home against Laverne last week. And then now they go to OBA and Enid. And last year it was kind of the same thing. Just flip flop. They, they, they beat, they beat Laverne at home last season, lost in the regular season to OBA, then in the playoffs beat OBA in the semifinals and lost to Laverne in the finals. So uh, he he was after the big win. He was the most reserved coach I've ever seen. I've ever talked to in my life. Yeah, um, you know they have a uh, really big matchup coming up. Um, I don't really know that much about uh, Class B football, but um, I think that'll be a really really good matchup between two good football teams. Um, yeah, because OBA they've uh, beaten up on a lot of teams. Yeah. Uh, same with the ceiling. You know, even that, that's a huge win against Laverne too. Because I know Laverne is usually one of the best uh, teams in Class B and a team to beat. Well, that was the thing, John. Is I'm like all I'm like, holy cow! You know, we ran it on on Saturday morning sports. I said, holy cow! You know, <laughs> ceiling beat Laverne. Everybody's talking about Laverne this, Laverne that, and then they had done it last year too. And so, coach Coach <laughs> Manuel was a little bit reserved. <laughs> no, that's funny. I uh, I was looking right now. Canton, uh, they beat Gary last week, and I was like, okay, yeah. let's go, Canton. I feel big, you. That's in our area. Big game at, at, at Corn Bible Academy for the uh, Tigers coming up uh, tomorrow night. CB, yes, CBA yeah, no, one yeah, and one. CBA. Yeah, they got yes, a win over Kremlin Hillsville, and uh, so yeah, uh, Class B could. It, it would be great if the. I mean, because I guess 
CBA and Mountain View Godibo are in our wheelhouse here in our coverage area. Canton, maybe just a little on the fringe ceiling. Well, no, sir. We have the internet. We cover Canton. <laughs> well, I just don't want, I don't want K101 sneaking down here and trying to, trying to steal our, our coverage. I like that lake, man. Canton Lake. Yeah. Have you eaten at the Overlook? Yes, sir. That's good. They got good Delicious. catfish. Good chicken fried steak. I might run and, and catfish get catfish too. today. In fact, it's only 30 minutes away from me. So exactly. Yeah. You been to Canton before, Josh? I have driven through there a couple times to go to some games, but I have not spent much time in Canton. Canton's a great place. Uh, love, yeah. love those folks up there, and then uh, they always treat us really well there at the uh, at the uh, Overlook, and then also they got a good Mexican restaurant there too. Uh, and they're building a brand new restaurant at the uh, Lucky Ooh. Star Casino. Yeah, oh so. yeah, I've seen the construction. So uh, Take yeah, that thing out. Yeah. Can can they separate the smoke completely? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. These outside and inside. Okay, good, good. Because gotcha. uh, I gotta say, one of the, love Lucky Star, the res. We went to the res, and it was great. Just uh, I, I, I just cigarette smoke in the slightest. I mean, I can't even I'm golf with you because cigarette smoke kills me. <laughs> anyway, that's why uh, slowly but surely the uh, the rest are completely separate buildings. She'll be good to go. All right. Well, looking forward to that. Hey, uh, so eight-man football on tap, and then we'll be covering it all Saturday morning. John Adams will have the reports for you on 95.5 The Coyote at about 7.50. I think, John, last week I, I had him a 12-minute sportscast set up. There was so much audio and so much uh, coverage. I love it. I love it. Hey, yeah. it's Friday Night Lights. We're here. We've been we were waiting three months without it, and now no we finally get to see it all come together in these pointless games. Yeah, uh, but it's it just get to watch them. Speaking of pointless games, uh, is anybody you know is it pro football? I, I think uh, coming up, there's there's a few things, but I I always take week one as fool's gold. Whatever you see in week one, great is is not that great, and whatever you see that's truly terrible is not that terrible. I do agree. The Jets are going to be uh, on the struggle bus without uh, oh, yeah. Mr. Achilles. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. the Cowboys looked really good. So that means the Jets beat the Cowboys. I'm going with that. We'll see. Yeah, uh, John, your Texas Rangers man, just really bad luck with aces this season. Uh, Max Scherzer goes out with a shoulder issue. Uh, of course, Degrom. Everybody knew he would be hurt at some point in time, but uh, they're still in second place. That you know, they they may win despite that. They're trying. They're trying really hard. It, it would help if they'd win more than four out of every twenty games. Uh, but so far, they've they've been doing well. They're on a five game off. heater. Yeah. So yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. It, I was, it, it's helped that uh, you know the, we beat the uh, Blue Jays uh, this week because that's oh, yeah. one of the teams who are in the wild card race yeah. too. And I yeah. think we're like a game or a game and a half behind uh, the Astros. So there's still a lot of it, baseball to be played. Uh, I'm not giving up hope yet. I still think the Rangers can win the West and secure a uh, playoff spot. That's right. But, uh, they're still I credit. There's a lot that Baker could go Mayfield. right and a lot that could go wrong, so we'll see. I credit credit Baker Mayfield with this. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but he <laughs> oh, came yeah. out and, and demanded his Texas Ranger fandom yeah. uh, in his post game in his interviews uh, recently. Uh, well, he's, a, he's getting accused fan. of stealing stealing signals. Right, right. He says, "No, no, no. I'm a Rangers fan, not an Astros fan. I, don't, I would I would condone that kind of behavior." John, are you on the mic Saturday at uh, Milam Stadium? Milo Stadium, 6 o'clock, family night. Be there all day. Pancake breakfast. You want to grab some of those in the morning with the uh, Swanson well, basketball that's teams? That's $5 pancakes, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how, now, let me ask you this. What, oh, what is, what, what's the limit if I show up and eat pancakes that they'll say, God, law dog, could you, uh, you know? No, no, no. They're not going to do that. Not to yeah, you, especially. I was gonna, it's, it, it's from what, when I was in college, it was pretty much all you could eat. Like, they didn't care. But, I mean, I know it's those. all you can eat, but, like, do you get kind of the discerning looks and the, you know, the no. scorn if, you, if you're going up there fourth time with, with, with the triple stack? 
No, I no. think at that point they start bringing them yeah. to you and they start keeping <laughs> yeah. track yeah, and they start recording you. <laughs> and then you like, start getting a lot of mailers for donations to the university. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll, instead of a walkathon, they have a pancakeathon. How many pancakes did Law Dog eat? Twenty dollars a pancake. Make a donation, and uh, it'll be uh, no, it'll be it'll be a blast. Now that'll be fun. Yeah. The yeah. day, all the buildings are open. You get to go by the education department, maybe the nursing department, the pharmacy. Oh yeah, everybody's there, and it's it's a blast. You know, and that's the problem with a lot of our sports is our. Our student athletes are in actual fields. You know, they're not, yeah. not a lot of, not a lot of uh, community activity courses, you know, and things like that. They're actually learning some hardcore science stuff. ECU winless as well. And I do think it's weird for Swasu being the fact that they, uh, the, the way their schedule works, it's all conference play the whole season. They yeah. play 10 games. Uh, 10 that, is, that is befuddling to me. It's so that, it's hard to really get a, if you start like you're starting right now, it's be, it's rough, but ECU also, uh, Oh, you know, un, it's like an 18 team un, conference. Un they're they're yeah. like the mountain yeah. West. What do you, what do you think? Any chance to this weekend? Yeah, there better be. Okay. I mean, who we've lost to probably the two top teams in the GAC, right? Yeah, one was top five. It was a top five. Watch Tall's top eight. Top eight I, think in the top, country. I think top ten, but yeah, yeah. Watch Tall is a good team. Uh, Monticello is uh, pretty good too. Uh, yeah. Henderson and Harding are both pretty good, but um, yeah. When do we get to play well, Snow? So, they're trash, right? I want I want that team up north yeah, too. They're not good. <laughs> yeah, so, I. Uh, I hope this isn't the case, but uh, hopefully both teams aren't winless when they play each other because yeah. that that would that would be no bueno. That was the toilet bowl last year. Yeah, no, two was. years yeah. ago. No. Two years ago. John, uh, Josh, did you know John is runs Barstool Dogs on Twitter? I do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, say, I, I do not. I do that. And by the way, Barstool Dogs jinxed this Bulldog says he was so mm-hmm. excited after game one. Yeah. yeah. Swasu covered the spread. Yeah. He's been always a lock. Swasu always covers the spread. And then. They did not cover the spread against uh, Markets all Monticello. Are you guys – I know, Josh, you're probably not. John, I don't know if you are, but there used to be a guy on sports radio that went around nationally, uh, Greg uh, – gosh, what was his name? He was a, he was a handicapper. Uh, daggone it. What was that guy's name? But I figured out he would give tips on, on a station in Oklahoma City, and then one time I caught him in another market just by chance, and he's giving opposite tips. So it's like <laughs> – oh. <laughs> so you know yep. you, you you take nc state in the points in oklahoma city but in little rock you're you know you're saying give it give it so uh you know you're laying it down so anyways well guys we're pretty close to needing to wrap up but uh any parting words josh jennings uh no i mean i think it's gonna be there's some good games going on this week obviously you know elgin and weatherford uh takes the spotlight this week in western oklahoma um John, to answer your question, Swasu plays uh, Snoo next Saturday. All but right, it's, but but it's, it's on the road, but it's only an hour away from you guys. So oh yeah, oh, yeah. Second like the, the second win of the season. The Elk City <laughs> kid, the Elk City kid graduated, right? That's new. Yeah, the they I had think, an Elk, I, they had a quarterback that was an Elk City kid. I think he was the league league offensive MVP last year. I think so. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think he did. Okay. But, um, Wait, league offensive MVP? Well, conference. Conference. That's new? That's new. Yeah. No, Snoo couldn't have had an MVP of anything. Uh, no, last year. Sorry, I'm used yeah. to two years ago. No, I'm last still... year. Yeah, you're right. You're he, right he ran year. for yes. a ton of yards and could throw some, but, I mean, they, they weren't in any running for the conference, but he was he was really good. He was a kid from Elk City. I can't cannot remember his name for the life of me, but uh, I'm sure he's on the coaching staff there at Snoo now. So. Uh, but, hey, uh, also, man, kudos to uh, – is it Brett Weiberg, the new head coach? Yes. I keep wanting to say That's Mark correct. for some reason, but he has brothers that are that are well known. Uh Camden Gibson on the uh, staff as a graduate assistant. I like that move. Cage Porter, yeah. by the way. Huh? 
Sorry, Gage Porter. Gage Porter. Yeah, yeah. Because I mentioned him in a story last year. All right, guys, yeah. let's let's play on. Get John. What do you got before we get out of here? Uh, I would say Weatherford Clinton softball today. Oh, Custer County conflict. Fun. Yeah, Ooh, at Clinton, yeah. I believe today, right? Yeah, and then I'll be on the call. I believe next. I was going to be on the call earlier in the week, uh, senior night versus Woodward, but the, the, the rain canceled. That one got moved to September 19th. It'll be senior night, and I know we'll be on the call for that. And then I think I might be doing two softball games on the network next week. Right dot media for those of you wondering if Ooh. I cross promote. Uh, so anyways, um, <laughs> love it. <laughs> a little snarky. So anyways, well, yeah, looking forward to that and a whole lot more. Man, fall baseball, it is it's a wonderful time of the year. Everybody talks about Christmas. This is a wonderful time of the year, too. That's good. I yep. like it. And uh, don't forget, uh, Swansea Volleyball starts conference playing there. Yes, they do. Me, that's a team that's going uh, to be good. Soccer uh, soccer hung with West Texas A&M a bit. They were tied at one piece at the half and then dropped a goal late. So uh, I, I think Swasu soccer will be strong. Uh, hey, and shout out to Swasu Women's Golf. They won the Northeastern State University Women's yep. Classic. Uh, and uh, a new uh, newcomer to the team, Freya Sala from Mexico City. Uh, she ended up tied for first. Now I'm I, I'm not I'm well, just playing did. devil's advocate here, guys. She ties for first. They go into a playoff. I think she lost to a girl from Harding, but our girl won off in, uh, women's uh, golf athlete of the week. So suck on that, Harding. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I think that's you're how it works. You're not allowed to say it to Harding. That's like a Christian school. That's like Adeline Christian or something. Are they the one in? Oh yeah, I'm sure they're uh, the Bison. Yeah. Are they the they're one the, in uh, the Church of Christ? Are they the one yeah. in Searcy? Cersei, yeah. Okay, my son yeah. lives there. So I also want to say Roger State got third in that tournament. So yeah, hey, hey, you got a Roger second, State uh, cross, second cross loser. Good job. For us. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. You totally missed that, that, didn't you, Josh? Oh no, yeah. As a second loser, good job. <laughs> that, that, went, that went right over my head. But yeah. Uh, all right. Well, listen, guys. Good job on the on the show today. We want to thank Craig Hickson from Sayer Eagles Football for joining us, as well as Glenn Brockenbush from. I'm just going to say SB Live because I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble for promoting OSN on this program. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. John Matthews, Josh Jennings, man, is a lot of fun getting together with you guys on Thursdays. We'll have this podcast up really quickly, and folks can listen. And also, thanks for tuning in on Facebook Live. Have a great weekend, fellas. See ya.